Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. After a week of hiatus, guys, I'm back and I'm excited to talk rookies. We're going to dive headfirst into this rookie class and start at the wide receiver position. Uh, try to cover as many guys as we possibly can. We'll probably bounce around over the next few podcasts talking about each position and go as deep as we can at each of them. First, though, let's bring in my cohorts for the afternoon. It's Ryan McDowell. It's Matt Price. As always, guys, are you ex- as excited as I am to really start diving into these rookie wide receivers? Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I know I am for sure. I uh, Dan, you and I, and I, really all three of us have talked about this. I've changed my process a little bit, so uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's talk a little bit about the process, guys, because we, we, we all love the rookie draft, and we all like the NFL draft so much, and as Dynasty players, and, and uh, because of the podcast, and because we write articles, we're expected to be watching this guy, these guys all the time. Matt, you've been on record all regularly saying you don't watch a lot of college football and then you catch up after the NFL season. You really dive into the guys that jump into the draft and you've been spending your time on these wide receivers this week. I have. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've changed my process a little bit too. Uh, if you can really even call it a process, I don't know. Usually I, I just, I kind of watch the film and I have, I feel like I'm a pretty good at identifying the things that I like to see uh, at the wide receiver position. Some of the things that I really like to look for is especially a separation gain, gained by just route running alone. Can they create space on their own uh, out in the open field? I like to see if they can release from press at the line, if they're strong at the catch point, and then especially body control in, in the air to be able to go up and get those, those high point those balls and stuff. But this year, uh, I have started to add some more numbers to my process just to filter because it does feel like there's so many you know receivers that week. The last couple of seasons, I guess we should say, that so many receivers that we think can possibly succeed at the NFL. So you need to filter it a little bit just to make it a manageable workload, at least for me. So this season, I've also been incorporating things like dominator uh, ratings and breakout age and things like that. And uh, a couple of things that Rich Rebar has written over the years. So I have a little bit more of a filter this year, but definitely still primarily relying on, on watching the film, like you mentioned. Yeah, everything that you just said, our processes are so similar, Matt. I like to turn it on. I like watching full game film rather than highlight clips. 
Uh, I want to see the guys drop the passes, and I want to see why they uh, weren't able to get the separation that you expected. The things you you mentioned as filters for you, separation uh, at the top of a route, how how good they are at the catch point, and then the the number one thing for me always is I think you can see it with every receiver, especially is that killer instinct to go get yeah. the ball. Whether it's a jump ball situation or those simple tunnel screens, you can tell if a guy believes the ball is his every time it's in the air. And when you have those kind of guys, whether it's a Randy Moss who who goes down the field and thinks everything is his, or a Debo Samuel underneath that uh, when he's challenged at the catch point, his hands are out in front of the defenders and he's going to bring that ball in. So it exists in everybody. There's a few guys in this class that absolutely have it and other guys that are relatively highly ranked that you question if they have that. Ryan, anything specific for you, especially when it comes to the wide receivers? Um, like I said, I did kind of change my process. I mean, I've I've mentioned on here and, and pretty much anywhere else, I, I don't consider myself a scout. I, I focus more on player value. And, and I do, I mean, I, of course, feel like I can watch a game and, and feel good or, or bad about what I see from a player. But this year, because of the circumstances and, um, and, and other things, honestly, I just didn't feel like I watched nearly as much college football. So I, I think I came into this draft – uh, season further behind than than I might normally be, uh, so because of that, I I did dig into um, some of the YouTube clips and and not just clips, Dan. Like you said, the the full games, every snap, every route, and yeah, it's it's changed my feeling on some of these players. On top of the weird circumstances that you mentioned that kept us maybe away from some football. On top of that, some of these guys, these big names, uh, didn't play football this year as well. So we're we're digging into 2019, and, and we're relying on an odd off season that didn't include a standard combine. We're we're you know shaky numbers coming out of pro days, and, and not knowing what to believe there with hand times and things like that. It's uh it's certainly a unique thing that we're getting into. And wide receiver is no doubt the deepest position in this draft. In your dynasty rookie draft it's going to feel like a a dynasty wide receiver draft for the most part especially in one quarterback leagues because the running back position is uh is top heavy at best and and the wide receiver position you might be able to say the same but it certainly the list goes longer let's start diving into these guys and we're going to go by um rookie the the most recent rookie adp in fact we're in the midst of collecting that ryan and uh, we'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll do our players by the by that list. Um, start at the top, right off. R- right off with who most people I would say Ryan think is the top receiver in the class. Probably the most likely to be the first receiver taken in the NFL draft. Although that's a little bit debatable. It's Jamar Chase from LSU. He's in conversations to be the number one pick in in rookie drafts. Certainly one quarterback rookie drafts. As well, came in at six foot two hundred one at his pro day. Really good numbers: four three eight forty. That puts him in the 89th percentile. Jumped forty one inches in the vert, ninety sixth percentile there. Also a strong guy. Twenty three bench reps. One of the top at the position there, ninety seventh percentile. And then the the quickness scores: three point nine eight shuttle, ninety seven percent there. And then kind of an odd one: the three cone, seven seconds flat in the forty first percentile. So Chase is is certainly an athlete, certainly a big playmaker, Ryan. 
Tell me, what are your thoughts on him at the top of your rookie draft? Yeah, he's, he's certainly my wide receiver one. I think immediately after the the college season, many were were trying to make a case maybe for Devontae Smith as as the wide receiver one, and uh, that's I think that's kind of changed. Actually, it, it has certainly changed over the past couple months, and uh, I think for almost everyone, everyone Chase is that wide receiver one in in rookie drafts, and for me. He's he's the one point oh one in rookie drafts. He's he's the first player I want ahead of the running backs. I know that will be uh, maybe different than than many people, but like you said, that I mean the numbers were very impressive from his pro day. I, we knew what uh, what we had gotten from Chase in that uh, that sophomore season. Really, no concern uh, from me or really from anybody else I've heard about uh, sitting out the twenty twenty season. Uh, of course, again, the, the COVID and, and all the the circumstances there, uh, you know, that it, it seems like that's been talked about more with guys like Trey Lance than it has with Chase. Certainly, I mean, you just love you love everything you see from him. He's already in that early wide receiver two range in our uh, startup ADP, currently sitting at, at wide receiver 15 and looking like a third or fourth round pick in that area. Matt, when you watched Jamar Chase in his 2019 film, what did you come away with most? Uh, well, starting at the top of the numbers, he does meet the, the, the thresholds at a breakout age of 19 and a half, under 20.5 is generally what we're looking for, uh, and, uh, and eventually a dominator season of at least 33%. If you're not familiar with dominator rating, basically it's the percentage of yards and touchdowns and, and things like that that a receiver is, is g- gathering from his offense. But from a film standpoint, uh, I think he can obviously win at all three levels of the field. He has great speed and strength. Uh, you can see on film that he can either make you miss or run you over. I really like his ability to stack defenders up behind him. And if it's underthrown, he can stop and, and go up and get it, of course. Uh, his ball skills, uh, that, that ability to ma- go up and make a play, like are, are pretty incredible. Super strong hands. You see him stretch, snatching balls out of defenders' hands at times. Uh, there was a play against Vanderbilt that stood out where he just goes up and basically mosses the guy and <laughs> just makes the catch, draws a penalty at the same time. Um, and at North Carolina, uh, 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 excuse, excuse me, at the national championship game against Clemson, like he just destroyed Falcons 2020 first round pick A.J. Terrell with over 200 yards and two touchdowns against another NFL corner, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys. It was a second round pick last year. Uh, he just basically threw him to the ground at the line. <laughs> he got jammed up on press yeah, man and just threw him straight to the ground. So, um, you know, I re- love on vertical routes how he can disguise where the ball is going to be because he throws up those hands at the last second to make the catch. So there's not a whole lot of negatives with him. I don't Honestly, I didn't even write down any negatives because they're, whatever they are, they would be very kind of ticky-tack. You would have liked to see him play that last junior season, but you can understand why he didn't. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely the wide receiver one in the class. I'm not sure if he's the 101, but... But I, I, I obviously have no problem if you were to take him 101. I just kind of prefer the the premium at the running back position uh, up top. But uh, if I was going to take a wide receiver first overall, it would be him. Yeah, it would be for me as well. And I have him at the 101 in single quarterback leagues in my rankings as well. But I, I think there is a case to be made depending on team need and, and how your league is set up. If, if you're one of those leagues that requires two running backs in your starting lineup, that might be enough to push uh, push one of these running backs up into the number one spot. I wrote down a lot of the same things you did, Matt, so I'm not going to not gonna double up on too much of it. I, I mentioned about that competitiveness at the catch point. The, he, he is 
ultra competitive at the catch point. The guy that thinks every ball is his. You mentioned that that Moss like play where he goes up and steals it out of defenders' hands. He has that. If there is a slight on him, and if you watch him enough, it is that there are times when the ball he realizes the ball is in the air, and then he hits the extra gear. He, you know, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he gives max effort when the ball's not in the air. So uh, maybe that's the motivation he needs. Sometimes he has to make a brilliant play when it might not have had to be if he if he was running that go route and that double move at maximum velocity the entire route um that's nitpicking of course though so um it's he's a fun guy to watch and certainly going to be a guy that everybody wants on their dynasty rosters coming up after the nfl draft let's move on to the next guy in the list and i mentioned we're going by rookie adp collected in April, the next guy on the list, maybe a surprise to some, not not quite as much of a surprise to others. It's Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. And guys, he's another fun guy to watch, especially if you watch the the highlight film, because man, he can make difficult catches look easy. But on the other side of things, drops far too many passes, Matt, and makes like head scratching mistakes on the field. We were we were talking about him just for a second. He ran a 4.39.40 at his pro day, which is impressive, but came in a little smaller than expected when when he got measured at just six foot. Um, he's he's an interesting player because every time you watch him, you'll see him make those impressive plays, then make a drop. His strengths probably um, reaching outside of his at the max of his catch radius, hauling in a pass at full speed, and then run after the catch abilities. Obviously, very impressive. He can play on the perimeter. He can play in the slot. He works the sideline really well. Has that toe drag swag that everybody talks about. That's that's pretty impressive as well. He's he's a he's a lightning rod to me because there are so many dynasty scouts in parentheses or in quotations there that love him and have him as their top receiver or top two receiver. And then there's some that push him down just a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's number three for me, but that's not really a slight given the the top five to five to seven guys in this class. I don't think a uh, 19 year old breakout age, uh, 28% dominator with Tyler Johnson there uh, as a sophomore, I believe. And then 48% dominator rating as junior season, just ridiculous. And he actually has the highest career dominator rating of this entire class at 35%. And what I take away from watching uh, him is that he's he's I think he's he's just a polished product already. You know, like you, you mentioned those drops, he's got to clean that up, of course. But uh, we we all kind of think that those are overrated for fantasy anyway, um, even how frustrating they are. But he's just a polished player. He can run any route that that you, that's out there. He can play from any position on the field. Uh, he has that kind of like like veteran savvy, I think, where he can set up defenders with a wide variety of moves, uh, can beat uh, press off the line with just his footwork, uh, can set up defensive backs by varying his stride length and uh, the, the speed of his routes, that kind of thing. Um, so for me, uh, his most valuable asset to an NFL team is it's just he can he can do literally anything that the team needs him to do. So if they need like a jack of all trades kind of receiver, maybe not necessarily the most athletically gifted, despite that uh, forty time that we saw, uh, like he's going to be able to do it. Uh, and he and, and and against today's zone defenses, he I think he plays really well in the zones and is able to identify those spots where he can make a move and get open. So I like him quite a bit. Uh, negatives are you know maybe the lack of size and the drops that uh, you you mentioned before 
Yeah, I have him a little bit lower down at four among the wide receivers, but still certainly a guy I like and think he's a top eight or nine pick in single quarterback leagues. Once we start talking about those running backs, we'll get into that a little bit more, Ryan, because you uh, you and I shared a couple text messages last night. You were watching a little bit more of Rashad Bateman, and uh, maybe not quite as impressive as you were hoping at times because of those drops and stuff. Yeah, I've... I've- of the uh, players that I really have have looked closely at the past uh, week or so, he's the one who uh, has has kind of gotten hurt by um, what I've seen and and read and everything else. And I mean, th- there are I am worried about the drops. Uh, he's got a fourteen point three percent drop rate. Uh, he did last year at least. And uh, of the the top ten or twelve guys we'll talk about today, uh, that's. You know, that stands out as, as uh, clearly the worst. Uh, really made the, the move to slot last year, and I do wonder if that had anything to do with uh, what most people viewed as, as kind of taking a step back. He, uh, he had just 97 sl- uh, snaps in the slot in 2019 in, in that full season in which he uh, put up some big numbers. But then last year, 193 slot snaps. So uh, made not quite a full-time move to the slot, but uh, certainly played there a lot more than he had in the past couple years. And it almost reminded me of uh, my buddy Juju Smith-Schuster, how he has kind of struggled with that move to the, to the slot, even though we, you know, we all thought that would be such a successful um, position for him, and it really hasn't. So for Bateman, you know, the drops – uh, are, are a concern. I, I wonder how he'll be used in the NFL if they get him back outside or uh, maybe maybe stick in the slot. I, of course, was really excited to hear that he ran that 4-3-9 that you mentioned, Dan. Uh, that was faster than I expected from him. But then when I found out the size, you mentioned that as well. We thought he was 6'2", 210. He's six foot 190. Uh, pretty, pretty significant difference there. Um, and then the, the only other thing that stood out as far as uh, both what I saw on, on a couple of games and looking at some numbers, 36 broken tackles after the catch uh, on just 147 catches. So uh, very impressive. Once he gets the ball in his hands, uh, you've got to work to bring him down. Yeah, he's hard to bring to the ground, has a lot of that contact balance that you look at. And, you know, he ran so many mm-hmm. slants in his time at Minnesota. That was really his bread and butter. And then and then took those things the distance. Uh, if you watch his highlight film, it is fun to watch because so many big plays. And he did look like a dominant wide receiver, an alpha, on the, on the outside. And then when he moved to the slot, when he made those catches and the ball didn't sneak up on him, of course, in those drops... He, he looked the same way. So a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation there with Bateman. He certainly is an impressive athlete. He's got a great release, great hands, and enough speed to get vertical. Um, like I said before, makes those difficult catches look easy and can work the perimeter or the slot. So he's, uh, he's an interesting 
case, and certainly his landing spot and, and that draft capital is going to play a part in, in how highly he's valued when it comes to your rookie draft. How about we move on to these Bama receivers, because there is a couple of them, and some of us have them as high as number one, and some of us maybe quite a bit lower. It Let's start with Devonta Smith, Matt, because uh, he's, a, he's another one of those guys that, you know, you were mentioning about – breakout age that didn't quite happen quite as early for Devonta Smith but when he did break out he did it impressively six foot 175 pounds is what we expect from him although I don't know if we ever got official measurements from him just yet small guy pretty thin uh, might need that ideal landing spot to create those touches a lot of that stuff that we saw at Alabama with the motion and the jet sweeps and the reverses those kind of touches not sure if he'll get those depending on where he lands. What are your thoughts on Smith coming out of Alabama? Yeah, he is a, a senior, which Rich Rebar did a lot of work uh, last year and some other pe- smart people in the community about non-declares versus seniors, but uh, and, and non-declares being vastly more likely to, to have a, a wide receiver one season in fantasy. But Devonta Smith is a little bit different because he was, I believe, like an 18 or almost 19-year-old high school senior. So he was just an old high school player, too. Uh, So he didn't really have the opportunity to break out as early in the NFL. As you mentioned, he played in Alabama with all of those players that have come out over the the last few years. So a a crowded depth chart there. Uh, He did break out at 21 with a 27% dominator rating and had 47% as a senior. But in weeks four to seven, when Jalen Waddell was healthy, Waddell actually had the lead there 34 to 32 uh, in terms of that so uh, things that you like about him he's so tough at the catch point for despite that size right and the, the, he has that awareness to tap both feet on the sidelines and in the back of the end zone uh, against Georgia I saw he had a hand between the ball and his face in the end zone and managed to come down with the touchdown and tap both those feet so that was really really good to see uh, I like how he can sell a route before stemming into another one against LSU. Saw that he uh, he sells a post before flipping over to the corner for the touchdown, and he goes up and full has to fully extend for that one with one hand. <laughs> that one was pretty impressive to see. Obviously, his catch radius and body control is pretty uh, pretty amazing. Uh, uh, against Ohio State in the national title game, he was there was this one play where he was moving away from the sideline and he jumps back diagonally towards the sideline and fully lays out to grab it and gets still gets both feet in bounds. Uh, so all that stuff is is amazing. Uh, from the from the line of scrimmage uh, against Florida, I saw him put a man on the ground just by a double move and a head fake. Guy didn't ever even got a hand on him. Um, obviously, the weight is the biggest concern. Bottom five percentile in, in in terms of weight. Uh, the only real comparison we have in terms of an elite. Uh, option at the NFL at that I think was Marvin Harrison who was about six foot and 180 pounds and he was pretty good so uh, if Devonta Smith can you know play play up to his potential that, that would be his ultimate you know kind of ceiling play uh, but uh, the the weight is a concern obviously especially uh, in, in terms of being if, if he can get uh, kind of run off of his route or kind of distracted from his route uh, by physicality at the NFL level that still remains to be seen so he's my wide receiver four but uh, it's not uh Again, it's not a slight. These guys at the top are also good. So uh, still like them despite that that size issue. I have Devonta Smith at three among these wide receivers in my rankings. Rare quickness, that change of direction ability, it transfers perfectly to route running as well. It's interesting with these two elite wide receivers, when Jalen Waddell is on the field, Devonta Smith plays a little bit different role. It's a lot more close to the line of scrimmage. We saw it once again in the national championship game. And then when when 
Waddle was out of the lineup, we saw him a little bit more vertically. So we've we've seen Devonta Smith at at the highest level of college football be that route runner and be that guy that has to create that separation with his feet at the top of his routes. He has the great hands. You mentioned the size and all those things. That, that there's there's a little bit to worry about there, of course. But man, he looks like an elite athlete, Ryan, and a guy that can change an offense if if paired with the right quarterback and probably offensive play caller. Yeah, in, in many ways, it's hard to find negatives on the field with Devonte Smith. Uh, in fact, it's almost impossible. You have to uh, move over to some of the you know some of the other numbers that we look at: breakout age that Matt mentioned, obviously his his frame and his size but it's it's hard not to be sold right um it i guess it just becomes a question of can he uh transfer that to the nfl and i think for the most part it's it's just going to be a wait and see game for that 4.39 yards per route run that's one of the numbers that i've been looking at uh and again of the players that we're talking about today these top dozen wide receivers or so uh, that led that group quite easily the only other player over four yards uh, per route run was his teammate Jalen Waddle. I also saw this and thought this was interesting uh, Smith led the uh, led the nation in both deep catches with 15 and screen catches with 35 so uh, talk about being able to do it all uh, he, he's he's got you deep he's got the underneath stuff you know, no, no concerns there. Uh, going back to the, the dominator rating and the breakout age, I think they're related. The interesting conversation here is, you know, that what some people would call a teammate score or these, you know, these stacked teams. If you look at 2019 Alabama, uh, both Ruggs and, and Jerry Judy still there, uh, Jalen Waddell and, and Smith, of course, and then even John Mechie, who, who, we could be talking about as a first round pick this time next year. So possibly five first round wide receivers. I know, I know there's an argument against it, but I think we just have to like put an asterisk by that or something to note that you're not going to have the same kind of dominator rating. You're not going to have the, uh, the early breakout when that's what you're competing with. What what's so interesting about those that kind of defer to that, or, or maybe maybe poo poo on the Devonta Smith breakout, is his breakout was as elite as it gets. It doesn't matter what age or anything like that. And I know that uh, a 19 year old and a 22 year old are going to compete differently, even on that big stage in uh, the biggest stage in college football. But that was one of the most elite wide receiver seasons we've ever seen, right? He was, and you mentioned he was all over the field. He was a weapon from anywhere. He could score from anywhere. And he won the darn Heisman at the wide receiver position, which is so difficult to do. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him because of the size or anything else. He is an elite player and belongs near the top of everybody's rankings, no doubt. Let's talk a little bit about his teammate because coming into last season, most expected Jalen Waddle to be that weapon all over the field and the guy who really the offense ran through, at least in the passing game. Injuries slowed that down, of course. It, it doesn't really matter to me. He's expected to be around 5'10", 182, so another guy that's slight 
in build, but guys, he has elite separation skills, speed, change of direction uh, at the top of his route and after the catch. He's explosive. He he's great at double moves. He sells double moves better than anybody else in this class, as far as I'm concerned. He has the rare ability. It is so subtle, guys, but I love seeing it to bend a route, especially a vertical route, towards the defender to create space to catch the ball near the boundary. He's so good at that. One of the best I've seen in a long time. Kelvin Ridley had that. He is just like him when it comes to those vertical routes as a guy that um, that's maybe a little bit smaller and needs to create that space. He can use, be used all over the field. He's proven himself in the slot, on the outside, short, intermediate, deep. Um, he can be used in the short passing game as a run-after-catch type guy. I have Jalen Waddle as my second wide receiver in this class, just behind Jamar Chase. I think he is... He is going into the league with the elite set of skills that he can be an alpha in the league and be one of those rare catch after or run after catch guys that can dominate for your dynasty roster. Matt, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned uh, Waddle and how high I had him ranked, and you seemed a little bit hesitant. How are you feeling about Waddle now? I'm not hesitant. Hesitant is maybe the wrong word. I just. He's just not. He's not. He's not my kind of player. I mean, he's he's got speed for days. There's no contest. He's the fastest, maybe even the quickest in this uh, entire class. Uh, his change of direction while maintaining top, maintaining top speed is extremely impressive. Uh, his his bursts. He can go to you know to top speed just in a blink. Uh, but you know, I I, I I didn't really see many. This is certainly pro- unlikely to be his fault. It's probably because of the offense he was in and all that. But I didn't really see too many times when he had to uh, when he had to really kind of beat press off the line. He was uh, kind of moved around a lot. I didn't really see him make too many catches uh, in, in tight coverage downfield. And and, real, and and the biggest issue I have with him, and it's not even a real issue. He's a he's the top. He's number five in this class for me. And those top five are like gold standards almost, right? But but he doesn't really – it seems like he plays at one speed, you know, and that speed is really, really fast and really, really quick, right? But he doesn't have a whole lot of nuance to his routes, and hopefully he can learn that at the next level. He doesn't really vary his stride length or speed that much. So he's not the kind of player that's going to be able to – not saying he can't do it, but I, at least I didn't see it with him, you know, the kind of player that's going to kind of lull defenders asleep and then just take off, which to me is kind of dis- disappointing given that burst we are talking about. Uh, so if he can vary those routes and that kind of thing and show that he can get off of press at the line, then, he, then the sky's the limit, I think. Uh, so uh, the yak, the yak is going to come. Like if he's used as a, just a yak monster in the league, like that's going to work absolutely. Um, so uh, I'm not not necessarily down on him, but uh, he just doesn't quite hit the same marks for me as the guy, four guys that I have above him. Yeah, I think that's all fair. And uh, Greg Cosell, uh, one of you know one of the most well known scouts around, who I, I trust a ton, also mentioned. Waddle's uh, game speed just that I think he I think he said he uh, plays at warp speed all the time and actually (laughs) and he listed he did list that as a negative thing Um, whether it's a lack of nuance or um, you know I don't want to say game smarts but uh, yeah I I thought that that's interesting you pointed that out Um, for me the 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 pros outweigh the cons I mean if we're listing game speed as a as a con Maybe we're reaching a little bit like yeah. um, Waddle uh, NFL.com called him the one of the fastest wide receivers ever. 
Not in this class ever. Um, so it was disappointed. He, uh, like Devonte Smith did not work out. We don't get those numbers, but of course that speed does show up on, um, on the film. 11 of his 20 touch- touchdowns were 50 yards or more. So more than half of his, his touchdowns were 50 plus yarders. Um, he caught, he, he saw seven targets that were uh, 20 plus yards in the air. He caught six of them for 329 yards. And I already talked about his yards per route run 4.38. That is second behind uh, only Devonte Smith of, of these top wide receivers. Um, the really crazy thing to me comes in ADP. He's the wide receiver five in our uh, in our ADP. In most years, we wouldn't doubt this player, this type of player, as the wide receiver one in the class. Uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't even blink an eye. And in fact, until recently, uh, he was being considered possibly the the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL. And and honestly, with the uh, the way he plays, that feels like one of these late uh late draft season hype players that you know we could we could hear a week from the draft that he's rising boards and he's going to be a top six or seven pick that would not surprise me yeah when talking about the top of this class at the wide receiver position you matt i like how you put it it's kind of the gold standard when it comes to the top of a specific position uh one of those classes that i wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be shocked if 10 years from now we're talking about remember, remember that 2021 class wow was that impressive because uh, we haven't even gotten to all the guys that that could make huge impacts for dynasty managers we need to get to to more probably move a little bit faster than we are guys so let's try to rock through some of these uh, the next guy on the list is Rondale Moore from Purdue I think anybody who watched more at Purdue it couldn't nobody can walk away not being impressed with this guy very, very slight. Another one of these guys that are small in stature, but big in play. 5'7", 180, but ran a 4.29.40. That's one of the best you're going to see. Uh, also, 42.5 inch vertical. That's in the 99th percentile. And then more big scores in his quickness scores. 6.683 cone, 92nd percentile. And 24 bench reps, 99th percentile. So, small but like mighty mouse guys he is he is so hard to bring down ultra competitive slot receiver great speed to challenge downfield he has sharp change of direction abilities and skills he leverages cornerbacks just like what i said about waddle he knows how to leverage a corner uh on his heels and break the other way in a in an instant or create space along the boundary when he's running perimeter routes um incredible after the catch contact balance out of this world and and has all that speed but so small doesn't handle physicality well matt and uh when he's at the line of scrimmage or even at the catch point, he can be moved around despite all that strength. Yeah, we we disagree a little bit, but uh, you know, not not too much. He is my wide receiver two in the class. He's he's my favorite player in the entire class to be honest with you he's just so fun to watch he's the only true freshman he's the only player in the class that broke out as a true freshman with a 37 percent dominator at age 19 and then obviously his next two seasons were marred by injury um but as but as a true freshman 114 catches 1258 yards 12 touchdowns and 213 rushing yards and two touchdowns uh he is he's probably only going to be used in the slot because of that size that you mentioned only five seven but i don't think he's small he's just short he's not He's not small. He's he's. I think he is 
more powerful than maybe you might give him credit for. There was a play against Ohio State where they, they threw the ball out to him out in the flat, and he stiff-armed one guy out of the way and then ran through one defender and then spun off another guy. Like, he is just – I think he's like the perfect combination of strength and speed and acceleration. Uh, I, I think that – I mean, he's not going to be used the same way as Waddle will because I think Waddle can play outside. But in terms of using him in the slot, I think he, he won't need to have plays necessarily designed for him to get that clean release, whereas I think Waddle might have a little bit of issue of that in the NFL level. Um, I think cause the, the aggression in that play strength is what separates him from Waddle a little bit for me. Uh, so if he can be a volume monster from the slot, I mean, you just get him in space and throw it to him immediately and let him go to, go to work. One thing I thought was interesting that he reminds me a little bit of, and it's a little bit of a reverse because Darren Sproles played running back and, and, and Drondell Moore played wide receiver. But I see a little bit of Darren Sproles in him. Sproles also a, a small guy, but not a short guy, but not small. I think he was like 5'6", 190, something like that. Uh, so... Uh, if he could be used in that way, like if he's like a 30 to 50 carry a game, a, a year guy with 70 to 80 receptions, like that would be fun to see him used that way. Uh, the one, one big negative for me and him is he's not going to be a vertical threat, right? He doesn't really have that deep speed and he doesn't have the, the, the height really to, to be that deep th- vertical threat. So, uh, but as a slot option, you know, I, I think he's, he, he's the star of the class from that, that point of view. Yeah. I, I'm just not convinced that every, there's enough NFL evaluators that are going to be in love with that that size and and you know it's easy to fall in love with the skill set and that certainly works (laughs) in college and and definitely in the big 10 who where where you don't see a lot of that that just raw athleticism and quickness but you know I I think Ryan to me it's probably going to come down to landing spot and, and that draft capital I could see I could see him being one of the guys that slide a little bit in the draft and then that maybe hurting his dynasty value. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I, if you're looking at mock drafts this time of year, NFL mock drafts, it's really all over the board. He's showing up as a late first rounder uh, in a few. He's falling to the third round in some of those. So ultimately we'll, we'll find out in a month or so what the NFL thinks of him. But you're right. Um, if he's – if he's a first rounder, he probably will be wide receiver two or three for most people. If he falls to the back half of day two, then we're going to have to reevaluate. But uh, I'm I'm on board with Matt. He is my wide receiver two right now, and I mean so much so much interesting stuff here, Matt. You said he's not a deep threat. He had zero deep catches last year. Zero <laughs> zero catches. Uh, zero drops though. Zero zero percent drop rate. That's right. Zero drop. That's because his uh, his a dot was uh, two point six yards. Two yeah two point six yeah. yards. So y- yeah. you made the comp to Darren Sproles. Uh, you're not the first person to say he uh, you know he plays like a running back, especially once he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, he does kind of feel like that, even, you know, kind of being loose with the football a little bit, carrying it, uh, you know, like who was it? Was it Tiki Barber that used to be just so, so mm-hmm. nonchalant with it years ago? Saw that a little bit from, uh, from Rondell Moore. I, I think you're spot on though. He can, he can be a, be an asset in the running game as well. Uh, had plenty of carries. I don't have the, the numbers in front of me on that, but uh, carried the ball quite a bit. Uh, for Purdue uh, the other thing this this really shouldn't shock us I guess but in 2017 when he was coming out of high school had the highest spark score in the nation among those 2017 recruits and has squatted 600 pounds so yeah short but not 
uh, not small at all. Dan, we need him in the second round of the Packers. Stop, stop messing around. Oh my gosh, just, that'd be just, a dream. Just give it to us. <laughs> that'd be so great. I would. There are so many landing spots that would be good for more. And and I currently, you guys are gonna cringe. Maybe I currently have Rondale Moore at seven <sighs> among my wide receivers, but I reserve the right to move him as high as maybe no. two or three. If that yeah. landing spot and that it. draft capital plays out, because I love him. I love the player. I'm just not convinced that the NFL loves your the flags player. planted at seven. And that's, that's what it. I worry. Your about. flags planted at seven. For, Sorry. No, <laughs> for no way. You. No, I will not do it. For I both of you. Seven. That's awful. Guys, we get, we have a long ways to go to bring this thing home and we have like 20 <laughs> minutes to do it. So let's, let's hammer through Terrence, Terrace Marshall, another LSU player. Uh, he did play a, at least a little bit of the 2020 season, but big scores as far as speed scores at his pro day, 438, 39 vertical, uh, 32 and three quarter inch arms, guys. So he's got those long arms to go out and pluck it. Size, speed, downfield threat, good at the catch point, can really stretch that catch radius. He makes a lot of really nice catches that way. He does drop some passes and and uh, he's he's been docked a little bit by some for his effort from time to time, particularly this past year before he opted out. Um, but he, it, you know, when I watch him, Matt, I, I like him a lot better on those in-breaking routes than the out-breaking routes. And then obviously vertically as a downfield threat, he can be a big weapon. There. Yeah, he uses his size and speed well to get up over a defender, separation over the top, ball tracking, all that stuff's there. Really strong hands and fighting ability at the catch point. Uh, you know, I'd like to see him used a lot in slants at the NFL level. Um, he, I, I do question, I mean, who knows? You can't really, it, it's really hard to kind of quantify or, 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 or talk about this stuff, but it does seem like he, if, if he's not involved in the play, like that, that, that want to is kind of not there. Like he has bad body language. Sometimes you see that he's not really interested in blocking, uh, that often. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily matter for a wide receiver in terms of their, our fantasy production. Right. But it does like kind of say a little bit about maybe his drive and motivation. And we're spec, I'm, I'm all I'm speculating. Who knows? It could have been just been had a bad day. Maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever, but some of those things did pop up. I thought in the, in the, in the film that I watch, uh, it get, gets pushed off routes a little bit sometimes, which is a little bit surprising for his size, but he's got the size, he's got the speed and he's got great hands. So I think he's probably going to be successful at the NFL level. Ryan, do you concur? I, I do, and I have the same, it's kind of the same concerns, and I hesitate to even call them concerns. But yeah, it, it does feel like there's there's a little bit of attitude there, whether it's selfishness, wanting the ball every play, or or whatever. But I mean, he's that prototypical wide receiver that um, we think back to 2013, 14. These were the guys we were chasing. Uh, if if we took this class and moved it back. Five or six years, he might be the wide receiver one in the class, 6'3", over 200 pounds. He's fast, has good hands, as, as you guys said. The drops, a eh, little, little bit of a worry. He's the only other player that we'll talk about today with a double-digit double drop rate, 12.7% uh, there. Also played quite a bit more in the slot. Um, so we talked about Bateman was the other player with the drop issues. Same thing, moved more. Uh, quite a bit more to the slot in 2020 and, and saw those drops increase. Yeah. Another guy where the ball just sneaks up on him sometimes and he brings him up late and it ricochets off his hands. So um, lots of people like Terrace Marshall because 
he presents a pretty big value. He he's going to fall to the latter part of the first round of your rookie draft, and and to get a guy like that, a guy that we were chasing, like you said there, Ryan, that late in rookie drafts, that's pretty exciting. Uh, moving on to Elijah Moore out of out of Ole Miss. Um, another guy uh, undersized a little bit, 5'9", 178, slick route runner out of the slot, does not waste any movement at the top of his routes. He, he has that twitchy ability, excellent hands, can uncover versus man or zone. Um, speed to stretch the seam a little bit. He, he, he made a few plays down the field, unlike some of these other slot receivers that we talked to. Just overall, a smooth athlete. One of the guys that really surprised me when I started watching him, guys. He moved up my board a little bit. I like him a lot. 4 3 5 40. 36-inch vertical, but has all those short speed, the, the short shuttle in the 96th percentile at four, 4 seconds flat, and then the 3-cone, 93rd percentile at 6.66, also explosive, 132-inch broad jump, 96th percentile, Ryan. So uh, Moore is a little bit under the radar, doesn't have the name recognition as some of the other receivers we've talked about to this point, but certainly belongs to be talked about with this Yeah, person. it feels like he plays a lot bigger than than he is um as you said he um yep. he can kind of do it all uh, as well mostly playing out of the slot uh but yeah certainly undervalued uh wide receiver uh eight in our most recent adp uh, outside of the first round if you're if you're telling me you're taking elijah moore with your late first rounder i don't have any problem with that yeah he fits in with this group as i said matt he it's so weird because he's so twitchy in his route running, but he doesn't shake anybody after the catch. He's he's more of that run to daylight and get caught from from the edge or somebody gets the angle on him. You know, it's it's kind of odd. I, I wish I could see that in his game that he had a little bit more of that uh, that shake a guy in the open field. But uh, outside of that, it, I, geez, I like he, this guy. he's my second favorite wide receiver in this class. Uh, every time I look at him, okay. I, I move him up a little bit more. Now I have him at six. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think I can get him higher than that. I think that's probably as high. I got him at five. <laughs> okay. It, it's because of more, okay. I guess. Uh, but yeah, 19.5 <laughs> breakout age, 46% dominator rater in that season. Uh, I, the first thing I wrote, wrote down was just moves on top of moves. Yeah. Like his uh, lateral agility is elite, and that's what let him get separation at really all levels of the field. Uh, it just seems like he's always open and those guys are going to always be valuable to an NFL team. Uh, maybe he can be more than a slot player. I don't know if teams will want to use him that way. We didn't see much work uh, from him against press coverage either, which is something I really like to see. So questionable if he can do it at the NFL level, uh, on the outside, but I think he can definitely do it in the slot. The only thing disappointing about him was his freshman season. And during his freshman season, I don't know if you remember this guys, but he played with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, who were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, for sure. Uh, let's talk about Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC, that big slot, oversized slot receiver, 5'11", 197, 4'5", 140, 39-inch vertical, 20 bench reps, though, and a 6'8", cone, which were impressive, especially considered how, he, how he's seen as that oversized slot. Um, he's... Uh, <laughs> he's tough he, he's, you know it's hard to find I, I don't fall in love with any part of st brown's game there's nothing that jumps off and you say wow that's the thing that he's gonna take to the next level and become that dynamic receiver ryan i i kind of feel like he's a little bit overrated in the dynasty community um i guess i would agree um although i mean his adp has been in that mid-second round range he's 
kind of bounced around wide receiver eight or nine, uh, looking at our, our data the past three months. So I don't know. It feels like he has that name value and, and maybe that's because, uh, we, we remember his brother as a, as an incoming draft prospect, uh, or maybe it's because he had that early breakout. He broke out as a freshman, uh, 18.9 was that breakout age. Uh, Drew, uh, Drew Osinchuk, uh, great, great follow on Twitter at, at DF bean counter had a, a awesome thread a while ago about breakout age and 27% of the players with a eight a age 18 breakout go on to produce as a top 12 wide receiver. Now, I have a hard time seeing that uh, coming for for St. Brown. You're totally right. He's he feels like like he's a solid double. He's just fine with everything, uh, but but nothing stands out as as a major strength for him. Yeah, same for me. Not a plus athlete, but enough to get it done. Uh, strong and visible at the catch point. It seems like he excels most in the middle of the field where he can make those contested catches in traffic. Nice body control in the air. Uh, he he gives me a little bit of like late career Golden Tate vibes. I don't know if any, I'm sure somebody else has said that, but you know, just that solid option over the middle uh, that can make those those tough catches on third down. So uh, it's hard to really fault him for anything. He's just a solid receiver, but you know, nothing to get us super excited about, you know, like the, like the rest of the guys we've talked about so far. I won't have him on any yeah, dynasty unlikely. teams because I'm, I have him at wide receiver 12 and there's somebody in every league that has him at like seven yeah. or eight or something like that. And uh, it's just not going to happen on to a guy that I will have on some of my teams. And that's Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma state. I mentioned in the lead guys that I like the fierce competitiveness and the killer instinct with the ball in the air. That's Tylen Wallace, five eleven, 193 makes difficult catches uh, above average route runner, not necessarily super sharp, but does create separation with his feet at the top of his routes. Um, he's not necessarily a special athlete, but he makes up for it with effort. And I think he his his effort will translate to the next level. He'll be a good, solid receiver, a guy that could become like that, I don't know, like a wide receiver three on your team, maybe a wide receiver two on your team even, if put in the right circumstance. I kind of like Tylen Wallace, and I don't think there's necessarily enough talk about him, Matt. I yeah, I'm I'm not as optimistic as you are. I I think he's skinny and pretty a- average athleticism across the board. So I worry about him a little bit. He's he doesn't have he's kind of like a I don't know. He's not the same frame as Devonte Smith, but obviously he's not the athlete and not the route runner that that he is. I didn't see much separation on vertical routes. Uh, but you know, like you said, a very high effort player that can make tough contested catches. It does seem like he gets, he struggles with physicality away from the ball. Like when he's running around, I saw him got pushed off a couple of times by more aggressive cornerbacks. Uh, so that's a concern in the NFL for me, but you know, somebody that's used, you know, close to the line of scrimmage, I think, uh, in the NFL level, I think he could succeed at that, but I have questions about him to be anything more than like a, like a wide receiver three in terms of an NFL wide receiver. Yeah, had a had a pretty impressive A dot, fourteen point eight yards and uh, over sixteen yards per catch. Um, Dan, I'm I'm probably closer to you on this one. That uh, I, I mean, you you watch you watch games of this guy and and you just find yourself uh, rooting for him, you know, because he is he is so tough and and I mean the effort comes through the screen. I think fifth in the uh, in the nation with twelve deep catches and fourth in the nation with thirteen contested catches this past season. Mm. 
Yeah, a fun player to watch, no doubt. I'm looking forward to seeing where he lands in the NFL draft. Let's do a couple more guys and then maybe sprinkle in a few names that are going to be later in rookie drafts. Let's start with Kadarius Toney out of Florida. Guys, he has a little bit of first-round pub as far as the NFL draft goes. You can see him at the end of those mocks from time to time in the first round. Six foot, 193. Uh, so not overly huge, but a guy coming in at six foot was encouraging a four, four, one 40, 40 inch vertical, uh, really impressive broad jump at 136, 99th percentile there, but only nine bench reps. He's a, he's a fast guy, explosive slot receiver, great change of direction ability and an open field playmaker with the ball in his hands, good contact balance, uh, after the catch and, and physical as a yak receiver, uh, but but has a really big injury history. He missed a lot of games until his breakout season this past year. Um, he can improve as a route runner and, and things like that, but the athleticism, Ryan, is there for sure. Every time I watch him, I move him up a slot, it feels like, in my rankings. I have him all the way up at wide receiver six, and I think he's he, he's there's there's a path to be him being a value there. I guess, I guess he's, he's, he's lower for me. I mean, I'm getting stuck on, on some of the numbers, um, and, and the injury history as well. Uh, just, a age 21 breakout, uh, going back to Drew's data, only 10% of players with age 21 breakout or later ever give us a top 24 season. So, um, he, you know, the odds are against him in that way. The first round draft capital, if that comes to pass would, uh, would obviously help, but, Probably one of those players that uh, I'll be avoiding. He he has a better chance of getting drafted in the first round than Rondell Moore, for sure. You can have him. Uh, I, I'm I'm more with I'm more I'm more <laughs> with Ryan on on this one. Uh, he's at, Tony is actually on my do not draft list because I just think he's going to go way too high, uh, way way higher than I am willing to take him. Uh, like you said, senior breakout, twenty three percent dominator. So that's a little bit of a yellow flag. I know he had the injury history, but. In 2019, uh, this is this data is from PFF. I forget the writer. I apologize. Uh, but in 2019, uh, his dominator rating was 8%. You know who who was higher than him? LaMichael Pirine at 18%. Van Jefferson at 20%. Freddie Swain was also there. So, like, if he can't beat out those guys, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in him in the NFL. That's probably not fair. Uh, but he's not someone that I'm interested in at his current price. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, somebody you're going to be interested in that sounds like Matt is Diami Brown out of USC. Yes, uh, my wide receiver seven in this class, 20-year-old 20, 20 breakout age, 29%, 31% as a, as a junior. I think he's the prototypical X. Uh, he's a vertical threat. He can beat defenders off the line with a variety of moves. He stacks up defenders, maybe the best in the class outside of Jamar Chase. Uh, within five or ten yards, he's usually ahead of them, and those those defenders are trailing, which means they get, uh, which means his quarterback can, uh, you know, if, you, if they throw it over the shoulder he's not going to have a, have to make a contested uh, catch uh two consecutive seasons over a thousand yards and 20 yards per reception in 2020 he had the deepest yards per reception in all of college football uh, uh he his hands some of the negatives his hands seem like often like out of position like he instead of catching them overhand he ca- tries to catch him overhand and it hits his body so that's a little bit uh frustrating especially when he's trying to make contested catches and he is inconsistent in this in his physical nature with when trying to make those uh, contested catches. So the worry for me is a little bit that if he doesn't beat his man with speed and quickness down the field, then he might struggle struggle to separate solely with uh, with some of his routes as well. So some of that stuff he needs to clean up, but uh, such a fun player to watch. Uh, I, I like him a lot. 
Yeah, I'm on the other side with him. I got him at wide receiver 11 for those for those problems that you said. I watched so much of him because my Twitter timeline is so full of everybody loving Diami Brown. He's there's there's some saying he he has he's most likely to be that alpha receiver out of this class. Oh, wow. uh, you know, outside of the top three guys or so. I, I see those tweets and I watch him, and he's a one trick pony to me who runs a four four six. So I just. He, he can track the ball over the shoulder, and he is one of the best deep threat receivers in the class, no doubt about it. But he struggles getting separation underneath. He drops a lot of passes, and I don't think I saw him break open against a good corner in man coverage ever. Now, he's done it. People have shown me the clips. But then you go look at who's number 35 for this team, and he's not even on the team anymore. So, you know, like, like he plays against good good corners from time to time who play man and they chew him up. So I'm just not convinced he's going to be more than that deep threat receiver at the next level. Right? Uh, the comp I've seen most uh, often for Diami Brown is Will Fuller. Another one of your favorites, mm. uh, Dan, uh, not really a, a player that you have not, uh, not necessarily <laughs> liked. Uh, well, a fast guy that drops and, the ball. And, I mean, you, you know, probably fair to call him a one trick pony as well. So, uh, you're consistent at least. Uh, I mean, yeah, all, all the numbers for Diami Brown just support him being a deep threat. Uh, his A dot was 18.7 yards. That was seventh best or seventh highest uh, in the nation last year. Uh, 543 yards on deep routes, second in the country. 12 deep catches, fifth in the country. But I, I think he I think he can offer something on those slant routes as well. So I'm not quite in the one trick pony range, but uh, the four four six was a little disappointing for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll run those slants against zone and find that, that you know if he has a quarterback that can put it between the two defenders, he'll be just fine. But beating a guy off the line, I, I just don't see it. Guys, there's so many more receivers that we would love to talk in depth about guys like Seth Williams, who who's way down my rankings <laughs> as well. And Tamorian Terry, Amari Rogers, Tutu Atwell, Dwayne Eskridge and, and Anthony shorts. I think I skipped Sage Surratt in there. Nico Collins, the list goes on and on. If there's one other guy that you have a minute to talk about, Ryan, who is it? And why do you like it? Uh, it sounds like a guy that you don't like uh, Seth Williams. Um, I, I, I'm kind of seeing one trick pony with him as well, but I think that one that one trick uh, could be him as a as a red zone threat. So um, if if we're going you know outside of those top ten or twelve, he would be one I would be looking at. Matt, is there somebody for you? Well, just real quick on Seth Williams, I, I, he I, he took a swing at a guy, so that's a big red flag for me. I think he definitely could be the bully in the end zone, so that that makes sense. But otherwise, I'm out on him. Uh, the other guy for me would be Tutu Atwell, uh, just super fast. Uh, I think he'll be able to use on jet sweeps and underneath routes. Uh, another one of those guys that'll play close to the line of the swimmage, but also has the speed to get deep. So, uh, like him, decent out, outside of this group we've already talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite as high on Atwell. Um, his numbers di- weren't quite as impressive as I was hoping at his pro day. He, he was just a tad slow. I, I think he was like a 4-4 four, four flat type 40 guy, and at that size I expected him to be a real blazer, one of them 4-2-9 type guys, so I'm not sure if he'll transfer to the next level. We'll, we'll save my thoughts on Seth Williams for another day. The guy that 
really uh, jumps off to me is another guy that held out all of last year and wasn't on the field, Nico Collins out of Michigan. 6'4", 215, like I said, opted out in 2020, ran a 4.42, 78th percentile, 37 and a half inch vertical, has even longer arms than I think anybody else in this class, 34 and 3 eighths inches. He's a size speed downfield receiver. He makes contested catches. He uses his body to create space, can be a red zone type guy at the catch point. Um, I don't know if he's an elite separator underneath, but considering that we have him, I think all the way at down at 18 and ADP among, or actually 19 among wide receivers in rookie ADP, that seems like a steal. I'm going to have him in every single league. And because he didn't play last year and show those skills, which he did in 2019, go back and look, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's kind of overlooked and he might get drafted higher and move up these rankings. Guys, we we covered as many wide receivers as we could in the time that we had allotted. We're going to try to fit in some of these some of these other names among our conversations in the coming weeks. Next week, let's dive headfirst into the running backs. We'll do the exact same thing. Go by April ADP. Try to cover as many as we can. Try to try to figure out which one of us is going to be right about these guys. Uh, for Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again. Thank you.